0: Welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Twiniversity. Keeping your tiny twins safe is not easy, right? Why do they go in so many different directions? Well, once your twins are on the move, they somehow manage to get into everything. Am I right, guys? And I really hate the saying double trouble, but... It totally is true when they're on the move. So when they get to that stage, I highly recommend that you create a safe space for them on the floor so they can explore and play without the worry. So how do you do this? Well, Toddler Roo by North States makes an eight panel super yard ultimate that will give you the peace of mind that when your twins are having a great time playing in a safe space, they can't escape
1: dum-dum-dum.
0: You could also set up little playstations around the Super Yard to keep your twins busy and active, plus the parent access door, which is what makes this gate so fantastic, makes it so easy for you to get in and out. So we highly recommend using the Super Yard with the ABC Play Mat to protect your twins from falls on hard surfaces when they're still a little wobbly. Visit northstatesind.com and use code twins10 for 10% off your purchase. Joel. Matt. Nah. You ever, what, what, when I say I have my babies on a wiggly schedule, what do you think that means?
2: Um, I feel like number one, that makes me nervous. <laughs> because I didn't. And I'm like, how does that even work? Um, and then I think it means that things are easy to change, which sounds like a really good idea. And also one that I don't think my type A behavior can handle. But I, I, I would like to think I could, but I mm-hmm. don't think I could. <laughs> but well. I'm very envious of people who can
0: we're talking to Sarah today, and she's a mom who has her 20s on a wiggly schedule. When we initially were going to talk about her, she's like, I don't have the kids on a schedule. So the, the topic was supposed to be about, you know, my kids aren't on a schedule, kind of free-range parenting. We go with the flow. We do what the twins want to do. And then as we're talking, I'm like, girl, that ain't no free-range parenting business. That's just a wiggly schedule. So I do enjoy the, the kind of relaxed attitude that Sarah has parenting. It is, it's, I wish that I could be like her. I unfortunately don't have that in me. I am totally neurotic type A, need to know what's happening. Not only do I need to know what's happening, I need other people to know the way that it has to happen. I've evolved a lot as a person, but you still know that I am a very type, a person and a type, a boss, but I have learned that I have some wiggle in me and Sarah has a lot of wiggle in her and it's just great. I love that, but it's that whole, like, Oh my God, it's eight o'clock. The baby's in need. What am I going to do? Sarah has a little bit of that, but it's a little wiggly. Yeah. Jill, when the babies were little, you were on, I'm assuming, a very militant uh, top of the hour, top of the hour. There is no room for error. Everybody has to do this or you will be destroyed
2: Type <laughs> the schedule. Um, that was how we started. And then I learned quickly that um, sometimes the timing just needed to be adjusted. And I just learned like, you know what? If we go over by a half hour on the schedule, now we've just reset the timing. So if the plan was to do 9, 12, 3, 6, 9, mm-hmm. and suddenly it was 9.30, now we're moving to 9.30, 12.30, 3.30. So I just was constantly, it was constantly shifting. But then as soon as I realized it was shifting, I was like, okay, now we're resetting mm-hmm. so that we are doing the every three hours. And this is like when they were little, little, and they had to be on that every three hour schedule. Um, but, you know, I was very lucky that I had support. Like once I went back to work, that my mom and the nanny that she hired to help her, which God bless her, um, they really did keep them on the schedule that I wanted them to be on. Which thank God. But um, I, and not everyone is so lucky. Uh, but yeah, it was it was very important to me to keep them on a schedule because I needed to be able to predict what my day was going to look like. Yeah. So even after they were on, you know, scheduled feedings and they were actually eating fine, even like moving up into starting solids, you know, and then at that point you're like, okay, it's really more about the naps. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of what we did, but you know, I had a lot of anxiety. I still have anxiety. I'm an anxious person, but you know, having that schedule really just helped me to have a better control over our days. And
0: that is a great segue into what I want to say. Hey, you, I know you're listening. You do have your kids on a very rigid schedule and you really are going to set the house on fire if people are even three minutes late from the time that they're supposed to eat or have a diaper change. I hear you. I see you. I am you. But this is future you talking now (laughs) to current you. Jill, could we put background music in this? Like, you no. know, when we have that.
2: I, I could sing something though.
0: Okay, good. Put that what, what in, that in the background. What do you want? I want like a smooth jazz kind of like something like, hey, you baby doll. Like, that's what I want. Like, I see okay. you, um, home girl. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so listen. So what I just want to say to you right now is that while you're sitting there and you're like, the babies need to eat at three o'clock. Shh, calm down. I'm going to take a page out of Sarah's book and learn about her Wiggly schedule, because what the problem is, the problem is really not that you are so type A. The problem is, is that you feel losing control. And as an older person, as 200 year old you, I will tell you that the problem really is that we gotta let go and let God, if you believe in that kind of thing, have a problem with God. religion, but we'll save that for another day, another time. But I'm just gonna say,
2: just Jesus listen. take the wheel.
0: Listen take to it Sarah's from wiggle my head. <laughs> If I had a nickel every time I shout out, Jesus take the wheel in my house.
2: And I'm Jewish, I still say it. It's 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 <laughs> a
0: great sentiment. Yes. <laughs> But you got to listen to Sarah and her wiggly schedule and find a little piece of what you could take from this and apply it into your own life to maybe have a better parenting experience. Because ultimately, if you live on that very rigid schedule, it's hard to get off. It is like a drug. But you know what? That's not the way that real life goes. Like Jewel said, like sometimes she modified. I was not a fan of modifying things. If something went wrong, my whole life was ruined that's how that went it was just all downhill and I was like is this worth it we fed the babies 10 minutes late is it all worth it so we're gonna listen to Sarah and her wiggly schedule Jules you want to learn about her yes all right kids here is my good friend Sarah hey Sarah welcome to the podcast thank you no thank you. This is the 20s nap time and you could be doing an assortment of other things instead of talking to me. So I'm very, very appreciative. So I want to like immediately dig into this because you have four children, your twins are 10 months old, Mm -hmm. and you are going about your day in kind of what other twin parents may be a little wiggly. (laughs) So you're not as as militant as somebody who has a whiteboard in the kitchen with here's what happens at 10.07 AM. Everybody gets some goldfish, right? Because of your experience with your older children, did you apply the same philosophy to your twins? Were you less nervous about it? Give us a little history, the behind the music, if you will, of Sarah's parenting style being a little wiggly. That's what I'm calling it. (laughs)
1: Wiggly, I like that. Um, yeah, I so when I first found out I was pregnant with twins it was obviously a huge shock and um, I google a lot, which is always a mistake. And uh, you know everything I found was you know keep your twins on a schedule or all hell breaks loose and uh, mm-hmm. my my older two had never really been on a strict schedule. We'd kind of I mean I'd always, you know, followed more wake windows, they need to eat every three hours ish or based on their age. And I've kind of gone with that. Um, But, you know, I mean, if we wanted to go have a play date or we wanted to go to the zoo Mm -hmm. or obvious, obviously pre uh, pandemic, um, we would do it. And we would just kind of adjust, just our schedule from there. Um, Okay. So with the twins, I, I, didn't really know what to do. I didn't know. I kind of, I wanted to follow my gut as a parent, but I felt like I was breaking the rules almost like the rules of twin parenting that you have to keep them on a schedule. So, um, when they first got, when we first got home from the hospital, you know, I mean that newborns are kind of all the same, no matter how many you have, it's just (laughs) they eat, they sleep, they poop. Very true. I mean, that's just kind of, kind of what they do. And We, we had to feed them. We had to make sure we fed them every, every couple hours, just because they were lower. They weren't that low in birth weight, but they were six, six pounds. So, I mean, they needed to get back to their birth weight. Um, so we did a pretty good, good job with that. Um, okay. And then with the pandemic, um, my kids, but my older two weren't in preschool anymore they were all home with me. I thought, you know let's let's try a schedule. I, I typed one out of you know we'd do all this every single day at every certain time and it lasted mm-hmm. about two hours and then I couldn't handle it anymore.
0: <laughs> Not bad. listen yeah. you made it two hours. That's a win.
1: yeah uh, in my book. I think
0: you tried I think throughout
1: the pandemic the only um, the only true schedule we had, was that every afternoon we had what I called mid-afternoon movie where we would turn on Disney plus, pick a movie and all sit on the couch. I would have the twins. They would sleep on me. My kids would sit there. That was about the only, uh, semblance of a schedule we had. I mean, they did not sit in front of the TV all day. We played outside. We did other stuff, but it was just not, I'm not very good at a schedule. (laughs)
0: That's well, you know, I, I think it really, this is a very um, special situation, I'd say, because not everybody can yeah go without a schedule. Yeah. You know, sometimes people, I think the experience of you having older children and knowing that the babies aren't going to burst into flames, if you know they yeah. aren't fed at 7 a.m. Is, is kind of awesome. Yeah. Right. So I do have a question though. Like when you say like there was no schedule, there definitely was some kind of feeding schedule, oh, right? Yeah, or you just absolutely. literally fed uh, everybody on demand.
1: I well, obviously my older two, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. I mean, we were on a schedule in terms of that, um, with the twins, it was, um, in the beginning, it was, you know, every three hours until they, they made it to birth weight. And then even then it was, it was every three hours ish, but I, if one twin needed to eat at two and a half hours, I wouldn't necessarily make the other one eat then I would, I would try, um, to feed them at the same time, but they didn't always really want that. Um, I did nurse them. Okay. And it was much more, that was much more on demand. So if one wanted to okay. eat earlier so than the other, that's just how we did it.
0: With the nursing on demand, speaking of that, let's stay there for a second. How did you actually manage to nurse twins on demand? Like, I, th- I think a lot of people are under the impression, myself included, that if you're feeding on demand, a feed instead of taking an hour could take three So when you were feeding on demand, what did that look like? Were you just topless through the house and you grabbed a baby and, you know, kept walking around? Like what does feeding on demand for twins, how time consuming was that for you?
1: I mean, that, I mean, that was my life for the first couple, I would say the first three months, you know, when they're really going through that kind of fourth trimester, they called it, I mean. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I taught, yeah, I didn't walk around topless, but I probably should have, it would have been more effective, like quicker, I guess. Um, <laughs> typically yes. I would say they would, they would kind of make themselves into this own little three hour schedule, but you know, babies go through growth spurts mm-hmm. and they would go through growth spurts at different times. Um, one, mm-hmm. my twins really couldn't be more different. And I know that's not everyone's experience, but they are just I mean, they are night and day and one, one twin from the very beginning. So I noticed he just wanted to sleep longer and the girl twin did not need to sleep as long and I have always ascribed to don't wake a sleeping baby. And so throughout the night, Mm -hmm. I would let the boy twin sleep longer. And so for there, there were a couple of weeks there was, I was up probably every, every hour and a half feeding them. And I mean, it was awful. Um, but I just kind of felt in my gut that that's what they needed. And it was, it wasn't going to be like that forever. I felt like the girl twin just needed a little bit more to be able to sleep those longer stretches. And I was so terrified of waking the boy twin up and then him learning that he needed to wake up every three hours instead of learning to sleep longer. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, I mean, it was definitely a rough couple of weeks, but we survived and we're here.
0: (laughs) But everybody has, but you know, whether, whether you're on a schedule or not in all sincerity, the first month is, is a blur. Yeah. So whether, no matter what, what you apply, you know, to your daily basis, it really doesn't matter because there's barely any control over those kids for like the first week. And I'm not trying to scare anybody that's expecting and listening, but it is, it's good to be realistic and always kind of expect the worst, but prepare for the best. Yes, I, so you're just going to be, or the other way around, you prepare for the worst, but you expect the best because there's no reason to think negatively. Yes, until the negative happens. Yes, because thinking negatively isn't actually going to make any of the positive I, times happen. I think one of the so,
1: things that a lot of people think when they're having twins is that it's they're kind of out of control. You know, I mean, you most people mm-hmm. do not expect twins when they when they find out they're pregnant with twins and. And everyone just kind of wants a semblance of control in their life and so i think that 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 rigid scheduling is kind of a way to try and control the situation because i know that one yeah. of the worst things i think about parenting when it's when they're young babies is that anxiety of not knowing when they're mm-hmm. going to wake up next that not that anxiety of when you lay down am i going to get to sleep for an hour am i going to get to sleep for seven hours who knows tonight like that <laughs> anxiety is just terrible and i think that that's kind of why a lot of people want to have a rigid schedule, because then even if you are waking up every three hours, you know that you're waking up then, Mm -hmm. and it feels like you're in control, even though they are in control always.
0: They have been in control since the moment the doctor said, there's two. Yes, They've been steering the ship and they continue to steer the ship until hopefully we get them out of this house. Yes, That's what I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm going to start finding apartments for them soon. Um, when parents are expecting and you meet other people, like you meet, let's say you remember going outside, it, it was this thing called outside. It used I to happen that. and people used to go there. I, I know it's weird. Yeah. And I read about it in a book once, <laughs> but when you, you know, when, when the future kind of opens up and you go outside and you meet a parent of twins, or you go to a twins club meeting, let's say, which I really hope that you do, because I think for anybody who's listening and Sarah included, they're just freaking awesome. Um, but when you go and everybody is talking about a schedule and you're like, I have no schedule, right? Would you, would you tell somebody that you don't have a schedule Or do you think that you just have a wiggly schedule?
1: I would say a wiggly schedule is the perfect way to put it. I love that you've coined that phrase for me because it's not like my kids are, you know, just free for all, not doing, like just running all over. Like we have, we have some structure. It's just flexible structure. Mm -hmm. We just want to, once we are able to go back out into the world, we want to be able to do that and not just stay home because- this Mm -hmm. X needs to happen at this time.
0: Yeah. I think schedule is also a big state of mind. Yeah. Right. Because like you said about the, you know, if you go to sleep and you're like, oh my gosh, how long am I going to sleep before they wake up? That that's kind of like the state of mind that you're in. But if you put your head on the pillow and you're like, I'll take what I could get, then it's, it's almost like whatever you got was bonus. It wasn't expected. Yeah. Yeah. I think the benefit of the wiggly schedule yes by sarah i like it <laughs> oh
1: I like yeah maybe I'll, maybe I'll maybe write a book it. yeah i also think that one thing that i, I is, think you should is important um is and it's kind of the whole it's kind of my whole philosophy with like a wiggly schedule is just like accepting that that you're not in, really in control and that things are going to be really hard for a little mm-hmm. bit and but you're going to get past yeah. it it's it's temporary i know everyone always says yeah. that you know you'll, you'll miss these days when they're gone. And, and I really tried because, you know, those first couple, those first couple weeks, months, I just barely got off the couch. I mean, I couldn't. And, Mm -hmm. uh, for there were times where I was like, Oh, I need to do the laundry. I need to clean this house. I need to cook a meal. And, And I kept trying to tell myself, look, this is just temporary. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And, and I hadn't really done that with my other two. And it was it really was a lot more enjoyable. I mean, I know I had, I had good babies. I had the benefit of of having babies that were, you know, content and happy and nursed well and and grew well Mm -hmm. and all that. And I know that's not everyone's experience, but just kind of letting go just really made, I mean, I really do miss that. I mean, they're 10 months old now, they're moving all over. This is a really fun stage, but I do look back on those on the newborn days with, you know, fondness like I'm not I'm not like oh my god that was the worst time of my life was it hard yeah but I mean that's so good it was
0: yeah right but it's if it depends it's your state of mind Sarah yes it's this it's it's that you were like I'm not going into this with dread and regret already of what happened I'm going in and be like hey whatevs yeah let's see what happens today yeah I love this this new kind of wiggly schedule state of mind oh that's the title of our book (laughs) Um, so going back to though speaking to other people, if a new parent of twins, if you met a new parent of twins, because you're a very chill person too, like, let's say you met somebody like me, super duper, you know, crazy type A that's apologizing for my egg salad breath, despite the fact that I know you can't (laughs) smell my breath in a podcast, but still, I feel like I have to just get that out there. It's (laughs) bothering me. Um, when it comes to speaking to friends and family does anybody look at you like you're crazy? Like if you speak to other twin families or does, or do you never out yourself as a wiggly? Oh, no, woman? I do.
1: It's actually really funny. So we all, I don't know if it's just cause we have, I feel like when you have twins, you notice twins everywhere, but my, my best friend oh, from yeah. college is pregnant with twin boys now. And then another friend from college oh. is having twins too. So I've actually talked oh. to A lot of people, and then another girl I went to college with had twins a month before me, so I've, i kind of talked to, you know, twin moms a lot. And, um, I, I think I do, I, I mean, I am open with the fact that I'm not on a rigid schedule and I didn't do that. I don't tell them that's Mm -hmm. what they should do with their babies because that may not work for them. I think, I think then the number one thing I try and talk to them about is that just go with your gut and what works for you. I mean, if being on a, if having your child on a, on a schedule or your baby's children on a, on a schedule is going to make you feel better and be able to be a better parent than do it. And, but don't feel like you have to do it because that's kind of the norm, just go with your, with yeah. your gut and what is best for, for you and, and your family.
0: That's, it's, it's honestly true, no matter where you are wiggly or not. I mean, we, we really try to cover all different types of families at Twin University. I think sadly, the unfortunate truth is that a lot of us deliver early yeah. and you, you kind of get pushed into a schedule, yeah. right? Because even if you want that to be the wiggly schedule, mom, if you have premature babies, the doctors are not cool with the wiggle. Yes. Yes. You know, I doctors know are like you need to pump, you need to feed them every, you know, 22 seconds, they have to have 85 ounces of breast milk, right? Now, oh, there's so much I want to ask, right? But I want to go here first. When it comes to having a weekly schedule, I would imagine that it greatly benefits your other children. Yes, it does.
1: Yeah, they, they are very, um, that's just kind of how we've always done it. So I I do think that, you know, if we'd gone from having a wiggly schedule to being like, you know, we can't do this. We can't do this right now. This is all about the babies. They have to nap here. They have to eat here. I think that that could have created some, some issues and resentments, but um, no, they, I think they, they appreciate it. They know that when it's now that we're on a more of a schedule, like they nap regularly, they know, you know, we need, they need to nap. So we need to kind of be quiet or go outside or something, but yeah, no I I think it's it's greatly benefited them. Um and it also I could
0: imagine. I really could. I could see you just being a better uh, an easier, more chill mom when it's time to be with them mm-hmm. versus just the twins and being like, "Oh my gosh, we have to run back and do this." And you know, I know that there's Some families who follow schedules to the letter of the law, and then others who definitely have a little bit more flexibility, but I'm curious about something too when you when you first started talking you said that you kind of tried your hand at a schedule. Mm-hmm. And that after two hours, you were like, um, no, not happening. Sarah is not doing this, right? Yeah. What was that schedule like? Were, were you attempting well, to feed every two hours or something? What did that schedule look like that you the, threw in the probably trash? Probably the Even reason that mine, i I'm not offended.
1: Yeah. No, the reason the schedule was so overwhelming to me, it was because it was all four of my kids at the same time. So what I was trying to do, I was trying to give my yes. my older two more structure because they weren't in preschool and pre-K anymore. I was trying to, um, have, you know, scheduled time for them to do this type of play and and these little worksheets and this coloring Mm -hmm. and and kind of stuff like that. In addition to having a very very rigid, you know, it would be like this, the twins eat now. So while the twins are eating, you do this. And while the twins are sleeping, Mm -hmm. you guys do this. And that, that was the part that was like super overwhelming to me. It was more, um, having to have everything prepared for the older two, and then take care of the younger two and the older two, I mean, to their credit, they became super, super duper close throughout the pandemic because they were each other's playmates, but they, they just, they did a lot of free play and, and that I think is fine. They they're both smart kids. They'll get plenty of, you know, worksheet time when they're in actual school, which they are now. Um, so that was, I think the, the struggle for me was, it was all four of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely, I'm already overwhelmed yeah. thinking about somebody <laughs> coloring while I'm trying to breastfeed and, you know, make mac and cheese while I have 12 diapers to change. Like that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So yeah, no wonder. <laughs> a schedule for four is, is pretty much impossible unless there's four adults. Yeah. Then it becomes really easy, right? Yeah, you, was, you had, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> a f- live and made. Yeah. Yeah. You, but that can, I? let's talk about that for a second, right? The just you, there's so many people who feel that once they have kids that, Oh, I need as, you know, as much help as I could get, I'm going to hire somebody for 20 hours for the first week. And, you know, 30 hours for the second week when they're up a little bit more, did you have any help besides your partner or was it um, literally just you 24 my, seven?
1: My mom, uh, my parents live in town and my mom came over every day for the first, probably 10 days or so. And, you know, she would stay during the day and I would at least get to nap and she would help me with both babies. Okay. Um, And then my son got a cold and I think my dad got a cold and we kind of, and that was like right when COVID hit. So we're like, okay, we're done. We're not, we're not seeing each other. That's enough. Um, so after those first 10 days, I mean, I was, I mean, I obviously wasn't by myself. My husband is wonderful. He, um, we have, we own an optometry office together. And so he when the pandemic hit, we had greatly reduced hours. So he was gone Mm -hmm. every day from, I don't know, maybe 10 to two, 10 to three. So it wasn't super, super long. Um, mm-hmm. and then, but I mean, yeah, other than it was just us two after the first 10 days for probably about a month. And then we slowly started seeing just my parents again. Um, and my mom, yeah. my mom's always helped me with my kids. She's fantastic. I love that. Good. I
0: love when grandma, when grandma comes to the rescue, yeah. that's the best. My She's, she's me picking too. up my
1: older two my- from school right now so that the the twins can actually get a good afternoon nap. She's. Wonderful. <laughs>
0: She's the best. Yes. Tell her we said thank you yes. on behalf of all the twin community. <laughs> oh, grandmas are the best. Now, can I go back to breastfeeding for a second in the breastfeeding on demand? Yeah. Now,
1: were had you breastfed your first two children? Yes. Yeah, so i I'd, I'd breastfed both of them for 13 months each. So I was pretty. So you were well versed in the art yes. of breastfeeding. Yes.
0: Beautiful. So with that being said, did you Do and did you even think that you wouldn't have enough supply? Right? So many families are worried that they're not gonna have enough supply for their twins and they're gonna supplement and they're gonna, you know, pump it, you know, for 30 minutes after. Did you have any philosophy going in knowing that you needed to create milk for two with your weekly schedule? Did you do anything? to make sure that you were
1: producing enough milk or did you just try to have them to breast literally as much as possible why the main thing was just have them to breast as much as possible because i i I knew um having breastfed two kids before that i mean that's the best way to get Mm -hmm. your milk supply up is to have them nurse um my body doesn't respond great to a pump like that's not saying that i couldn't get anything out i can i think i can get about you know, 75% of the milk I need for both of them with a pump. Luckily I don't have to pump very often. Um, so I would just need to pump more sessions to get enough for them. But, um, yeah, no, I just, that was the main reason I did do it on demand because I knew that was the best way to get my supply where it needed to be. I did have, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my twins, they, they gained great. And then like kind of at month three or four, they kind of started to plateau and not gain quite as quickly. Um, Okay. But that had happened to my other two too. And it was kind of around the time that they start rolling around and, and moving a lot. And mm-hmm. my pediatrician had just told me, look, your kids just have a higher metabolism. He actually said, they have your husband's metabolism. I was like, um, what about me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Doc. Yes, um, appreciate it. So luckily, I mean, that was another benefit of being of having kids before that. Whereas if those had been my first two, I think I would have mm-hmm. been freaking out. They weren't gaining weight enough, but they were- mm-hmm meeting all their milestones, they were having enough, you know, wet and dirty diapers. And I just was like, yeah, I am, I am making enough. They're just, they're just gaining a little slower, but I know that as a, as a twin mom, as any mom, but as a twin mom, I know, I know obsessing over their weight is a big thing. And I did, I mean, we had a, we rented a scale from the hospital and I would weigh them obsessively. And I finally had to turn it in because my pediatrician Mm -hmm. was like, they're fine. Just let it go. Which is another thing having a really supportive pediatrician. I think a lot of, I think a lot of pediatricians would have said you need to stop you need to top them off with formula and he was just, he's been fabulous with all of all of my kids very supportive.
0: Listen, if it's not in the pediatrician, everything has to do with a good pediatrician. I'm working with a mom right now who literally is saying to me that her pediatrician informed her that she shouldn't breastfeed because it takes the babies too many calories to drink. What? And I really want to go, I want to go in, I want to drive interstate. And I would like to go knock on that pediatrician door. True story. This is not the first time that I've heard this. And you know that as a lactation consultant, I hear this, like I get some really interesting stories about people that are like, I can't breastfeed. I can't where I'm not like a huge, I'm not on a soapbox about people needing to breastfeed hundred percent, but I am on a soapbox for parents to have the experience they want. That's my yes. soapbox. Like yes. what how do you picture parenthood? Do you want to exclusively breastfeed? Do you not? I'm I'm fine with anything. Let's we'll roll with it. But it's having a pediatrician that's on your side yes. that is very well informed about reality. Yes. I think is helpful. And but you know Sarah the difficult thing is is that if you didn't have other children, you might not know what reality is. Yeah. Right, because if you're a pediatrician, this person in you know a position of kind of authority mm-hmm. is telling you this is what has to happen. It's it's difficult, and I'm really happy for you mm-hmm. that you had a pediatrician that was like, yeah, and you were like, eh, I did this twice before. You know, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I know the way that everything's supposed to be. I think there's a huge benefit in that, and I love that when it was the twins' turn, kind of you already had that under your belt because it's definitely giving you that opportunity to be more wiggly because you're not losing sleep at night and literally ripping your eyebrows out that you're so stressed out about, are you making enough milk? You trusted your body Uh and you trusted that it was going to do its job if you kind of did what the babies told you, right? (laughs) Because it goes back to the babies being in control. They're they're in charge. So if you let them steer the ship, yeah, they totally are in charge. They're totally still like to this day, it always surprises me when i'll i'll speak to a new mom and she'll be like i don't understand i'm like you're just you're not driving the ship they yeah. are yeah like you're just just sit back enjoy the ride and relax and <laughs> you'll hear a tale of a tale of a faithful ship was that gilligan's island yes I think so. oh i was on this weekend i watched a marathon <laughs> that's all that's in my mind I'm egg salad and gilligan's island
1: shows.
0: <laughs> <sighs> i'm like I don't even know if i miss binge watching shows i i'm i would have loved the opportunity that you had to be honest like i always had this very like vision of what motherhood would be Mm -hmm. and it's definitely more the sarah's school of motherhood than what the (laughs) natalie school of motherhood was and it's it's really interesting because i think people that that you know kind of only know me through twin diversity and not through reality don't know that i did not have the experience that I wanted, which is one of the reasons why Twiniversity was created Mm -hmm. so that we could, I could, I may be able to help the next Natalie to have a better experience than I did per se, but I always had kind of this vision of this wiggly parenting, but it was like super frowned upon by like my doctors and the GI doc for my daughter. It was, it's very frustrating. And like you said, it does go back to the doctor, Mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, sure. Did my kids need more medical intervention than the average Joe? totes magots they did. But could I have still had that state of mind? Yeah, maybe. But I, I didn't know. And that's kind of like why when we saw that you were interested in talking about this topic, uh, we just we kind of jumped on it. Because I don't know many moms or dads, for that matter, that are in our community that aren't scheduled. But interestingly, you are scheduled you're just wiggly schedules Cause of course everybody has to have a schedule, whether it's your four o'clock movie, but you can't be like, Oh, I'm going to feed the kids in seven minutes. And then they're going to eat again in nine. You, you couldn't survive as a human with that. So now looking back for the past, you know, 10 months that you've had looking back on the 10 months, what do you think if you could go back to former you, is there anything that you think you would have done differently? Um, I
1: don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I've really enjoyed these past 10 months with the twins. I, I think they've, we've, you know, gelled as a family really great and had, um, we've had, honestly, I hate to even say that we've had a great pandemic because it's been so tragic for so many people in our country, but it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, it was such a, blessing for our family. We had so much time together. I'd never even had a real maternity leave until the twins. Um, and the only reason I got it was because of the pandemic, because our office had such Mm -hmm. reduced hours. I was supposed to go back at like six or eight weeks, you know, a day or two a week. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, maybe I would have tried to prepare a little more to have some more activities for my kids to do, um, in those first couple weeks where things were just kind of like a shit show, but, uh,
0: yeah, well, nobody knew that that was going to happen. Yeah, so, you know, I know, I mean, exactly. Despite the fact we knew <laughs> that it was coming, but nobody knew how bad it was coming. Because even it, it, as a New Yorker, everything went from okay to how many people passed away yesterday? Yeah. It, it went that fast. And everybody's scrambling to buy finger toilet paint paper. and toilet paper, Yeah, right? So that was, <laughs> there was a different priority. And, you know, when it, it's it's totally okay to say that you've enjoyed this pandemic, honestly, I have. We lost a lot of friends and family. We did, as a New Yorker. It, you know, it's it's not a bed of roses. But if I look at kind of our own little personal, you know, way that we grew, I have never had that many family dinners. Yeah. With the twins in their life. Yeah. Because my husband typically worked nights. So my husband works in the restaurant industry, and so he's never home for dinner. And we had 172 consecutive dinners. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's I a couldn't blessing. believe it. It was, it really, really is. I mean, true. We probably could have squeezed out a few more, but it was so nice, and it became normal. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want you feeling bad to say that. You know, looking back, it wasn't that bad. It's okay to say that. People are allowed to celebrate you know, whatever their wins are, because this is your win. This is your family story. Yeah. You know, and it gave you an opportunity that you wouldn't have had otherwise. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. I know some people would hate to hear me say that. But if you understand why I'm saying it, it's, you know, yeah. it's kind of like the mom who had a vaginal delivery. And she'll say things like, you know, I had a vaginal delivery, as if she doesn't want to talk about it, because she doesn't want to Um, infuriate her friends that had a c-section yeah you know it's okay it's okay to to celebrate your wins and your joy
1: I was actually a little nervous to to be on this podcast because a lot of of a lot of my parenting style and philosophy I guess is rooted in um having you know being very privileged and that I can afford to he, not have my kids on a rigid schedule. They don't, they don't go to daycare. They're home with me or home with a babysitter. Um, they, you know, my husband in, and I are able to make our own schedules. We have family support. I, mm-hmm. the twins, you know, didn't have any me- medical issues and, and came at the appropriate time. And I know that's not a lot of, of a lot of people's experience. Um, and so that, that is, that did make me nervous because it, it does kind of almost make you feel guilty for having this, this, all of these things go right for you. And why, why doesn't everyone get this wonderful, you know, birth story where their kids are born at the appropriate time and with no health issues and and things like that.
0: It's okay. We'll just talk about you behind your back. Okay. So don't worry about it. You're safe. We'll never (laughs) let you know about anything, but nobody should ever, I mean, at Twiniversity, I feel bad that you felt bad because one of my big things here with kind of the community that we've built is that it's really good to hear every side yeah. of the story, and you know what's funny, Sarah, is that I got a complaint last week. Which I, oh, I love complaints. I really <laughs> do. I genuinely love when people complain, and somebody complained that there wasn't enough positivity. Oh, really? Am I missed? Like I'm like, real? I swear to you, literally. I literally like you do a great she job. She there having... wasn't enough positivity.
1: You present every side. I mean, that's I don't, important. Sarah. That's yeah. The, the moral of the story is you can't
0: please them you all. You can't please Because them if all. I yeah. had, if we had only negative stories, then people would say, "Where's the positivity? I have too much positivity. Where's the negativity? Where's the reality?" So I'm not winning. So I just pick people based on who applies. How about that, apples? <laughs> you know, everybody's like, "Why don't we hear stories like this?" So I was like, "Well, do you have a story like that?" Yes. Well, then why don't you tell us about it?
1: That's actually why. Like, I can't
0: tell. Like. I love you, Sarah. You're the best. This is fantastic to me. I love that we created a new wiggly schedule term. Yes. And hashtag be like Sarah (laughs) when it comes to raising our twins. I'm into it. I want another set of twins. I want another go with this. I am not feeding them on demand though. That's for damn sure. (laughs) That That I'm going on record.
1: That 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 is never going to happen. They're staying on a a schedule with that. A couple weeks, I'll I'll admit, but I survived. (laughs) But, but it's probably
0: why your breast milk supply was so good, yeah. to be honest, yeah. and throwing it out there. Like, you know, when people are like, I don't know why I'm not making enough milk. Well, let's talk about your schedule and let's talk about why. And it's okay yeah. to not make enough milk. Exactly. But realistically, in your situation, it, you do have to have the babies to the top 20 hours a day, almost. Yeah. Don't yeah. get crazy, guys. It may not be 20 hours a day, but it's it's pretty close. So yeah, a wiggly schedule is good and your very chill attitude is um it's very infectious. Oh, thank you. It really is. Like I'm I'm gonna do less today now than I had <laughs> planned. No, that's not true. I'm gonna do as much as I had planned, but I'm gonna change my state of mind. And instead of looking down at my to-do list and say, I have so much to do, I'm gonna say, What am I gonna do next? Yeah, I'm gonna adopt the Sarah school of Wiggly schedules. Well, that's oh, I wonderful. love this idea. <laughs> I think that's what we're titling this podcast. That's <laughs> that, I think we're even going to write an article about this. I may have to be, you may have to be a new consultant of wiggliness,
1: oh, I'm, captain I'm of down. wiggleness
0: at Twiniversity.
1: Can that be my official
0: title? I love it. Yeah, absolutely. No, None of us, if you've ever went to our website, none of us have real titles. My actual title that I put on my taxes is the big cheese. That's literally my charge. title according you get to, to uh, our, and Julie is the wizard. I did I yeah, did because she that. pulls all the strings behind the curtain at Oz. Yep, that's her title. We made we had a few. We had the snack maven. We had somebody like that. We had I we had the deal B I T C H. We had her. So yeah, it's it's fun. So yes, the um Captain of Wiggly parenting is gonna be your your new
1: title. I love it. 20%. My son loves Captain of Wiggly. Oh, I'll tell him all about it.
0: Perfect. <laughs> yeah tell them we'll, we'll get you a new shield yes I'll perfect. start making it on Canva any second now <laughs> oh I love it Sarah you're honestly the best and the fact that you took time away from your wiggly schedule to talk to us is an honor because I know that you could be binge watching um what's that new show that everybody's watching Bridgerton, people? Oh, Bridgerton. I, already, I already finished that Don't
1: did worry. you like it um I mean, okay yeah, but can I ask
0: I'm you a something little bit could of we issue- just literally go off topic yeah I, we have to go to Ten for a second. Yeah. Now, I only watched like the first six episodes, which is hysterical, by the Aren't way. are there like, only I eight, though, so you
1: just didn't fi- finish the last two? Yeah. Okay. I,
0: I, just, I just didn't, I just don't know where all the controversy comes from. The lack
1: of sex education is what it. I really couldn't get beyond. Like, not understanding oh, how children were made really just infuriated me. But I, fi- I did finish
0: Especially- as somebody with four kids and as a birth educator, <laughs> yeah, all I have to say is my kids knew from the, in kindergarten, <laughs> I remember that one of the kids in Anna's kindergarten class said, you poop babies out. And my daughter literally sat them down and educated them on the process of birth. And the school called me and they're like, do you know, this is what she's saying? I said, did she, did she say anything wrong? Like, was it wrong? And they're like, no. I said, so what are we talking about? Is it? Do you think that it's better to say that babies are pooped out and then women have to fear their whole life of yeah. literally just taking a nice little dump and having a child <laughs> in a bowl? Could we just make things normal for a second? But I'm a little jaded, obviously. So if you want to tell your kids that they're pooped out, cool by me. Um, but just do not interact with my daughter.
1: Yeah. We, we use the correct terminology for body parts. And one of, one of my days spent in quarantine was my four-year-old son listing every single person we knew. And if they had a penis or a vagina, that's genius. And I, I, I love I that. Just game. Had to... I'm going to do that today too. Yeah. I'm making a chart. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, that's yeah, so very, cute.
0: very memorable. Um, but Sarah, should I finish the last two episodes of Bridgerton? This is my critical question before we. Oh my god! This I don't. You know, I've slept since then, so
1: like, it? I don't even remember what the last. Yeah, I feel like you should. I mean, you've gone that far. It's like you've already spent six hours of your life. You might as well just spend the two and finish it. I I liked the ending. I know. I liked it. I think I'm trying to remember All what right. even happened. It's like a. If it, isn't it supposed to be it's supposed to be like eight seasons? One. It's eight books. Like one book about each Bridgerton child. So I think it's like already been signed for really? nine seasons oh. is what someone told me oh,
0: God, i can't do it i don't know i don't think i could do it i think i just have to throw on the towel and stick with i just started ozark so i think that i have to stay there for Isn't a while.
1: is that oh, violent i'm
0: just disappointed
1: yeah What the ozark, ozark is violent yeah is that violent because that's like a hot one right now too i just
0: so yeah i don't know it was a new season is it violent you know as a new yorker i'd say definitely not living in southern but indiana pretty su- i'm actually pretty sure <laughs> i heard gunshots today and then i looked on my app and they're like gunshots this is the world i live in now why am i still living in new york city please if anybody knows email me at community at twiniversity.com and tell me while why i'm still here Because I'd love to know. I live in a shoebox, have no tub, dying to have a closet. Would love a backyard so I don't have to walk a dog 27 times a day in a homeless field of uh, craziness. So yeah. So Sarah, please, um, number one, get my room ready. Okay, because I'm going to start walking towards you. It should take me, I don't know, 11 days or so. I found you on the map, thanks to your zip code, to go over what time zone you were in. Because I wanted to look at that. And uh, that's number one. Number two, I maybe watch. will watch Bridgerton. Number three, congratulations on your new title at University of Captain and oh, Wiggly thank Parenting. Thank you. Uh, that's a big one. I actually don't ever think that I've given anybody else a title. I'm very excited. Uh, and, and during any podcast. Very honored. And I'm really proud of you. And I'm proud that you stuck to your guns. And you're like, this is the way that I'm going to be a parent. And it, it really works out for you and you shouldn't be ashamed that there are positive things in your life we are so quick to find the faults in ourselves and faults in others instead of that just find the the celebrations in your house whether it is that your twins actually went to sleep you know at 2:30 and yeah. we were able to you know have a conversation or that you know you're going to have two movies tomorrow on disney plus it doesn't really matter Tomorrow. just be yeah. happy tomorrow that's like my husband is home
1: with uh three of the four kids so there probably will be two movies tomorrow <laughs>
0: perfect yeah perfect or the same movie twice probably, probably. at that age probably. that's what they kind of enjoy so good so sarah thank you so much for playing with us today thank you
1: so much for having me and thank you for founding twiniversity it really it really helped me a lot when i was when i was pregnant and very overwhelmed <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm glad. I was hoping that I wasn't the reason why you threw all all schedules in the garbage. No, not, not at all. No, no, I felt her.
1: That was why I I asked to be on the podcast. Cause I did see you presented, you know, kind of every side. And I just wanted my, I wanted the, the wiggly, the wiggly side presented as well.
0: I love a little wiggle. There's certainly enough in my body as I walk. (laughs) So it's perfect. I like this a lot. Sarah, thank you so much. And guys, for those of you that are listening, if you have questions for me and Sarah and her wiggly parenting style, you can really email us at twiniversity.com or you could send us a direct message at any social platform. We're literally just at Twiniversity on anything. And finally, the obligatory... Oh my gosh! Don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Hit, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss conversations like this with Sarah and her wiggliness, or conversations. Honestly, you have no—I never know where this is going to go. And for the record, we do ask the podcast um, guests to fill out something. I never stick to it, so yeah, it's gonna be—it's a surprise for everybody. It just makes for a real conversation between real people that really care about their babies. That's all that this podcast is. So, thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you again. See you later, alligators. Let's talk about breastfeeding for a second. If you are trying to breastfeed your duo, or perhaps you're expecting and you're a little concerned about how you are going to breastfeed your duo, fear not my cats and kittens because we have something just for you. Twiniversity has the only online inclusive breastfeeding class created exclusively for parents of multiples. Yep, that's right. We have partnered with Judy T. Blue is one of the premier twin IBCLCs in the country and we're so fortunate to have worked with her on this project. So, head on over to twiniversity.com slash classes, and we will walk you through dozens of modules that have to do with just breastfeeding your duo from items that you need, from positions that you could use, from scheduling, from pumping, from going back to work. Literally, there's a ton of stuff that is literally there for you, the parent of multiples that wants to breastfeed that just doesn't know if this is possible. Don't get overwhelmed get informed. We'll see you online at twiniversity.com slash classes.